0: Everything's good. Well, good morning, Identity Church. You know, I want to start right quick. I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this. I'm not bringing him up, but, you know, we've got Roscoe here in the back. Jay Roscoe. Love this guy. There he is. You know, I'm going to tell you what. God's doing something in him. You know, he, he works real hard. And he cut his eye about four or five weeks ago. Two months ago. So two months ago, he cut his eye. And a bunch of stuff happened to his eye. And he was at the point of losing his eye. And you know what? The Lord has done an awesome, awesome miracle in his life. Now, I'm going to tell you. So Alan and Lacey have been helping him out too. But I'm going to tell you what. The Lord works like that. You know, one of the things I, want, I wanted Roscoe to know one day is I just told him that the Lord loves him and that he has good stuff for him. You know what? The Lord started just opening up this awesome um, treatment that you had gotten and everything else. And I mean, I want you to understand God still heals and God still works. Now there's a lot of different ways that God does this, okay? Okay. God can have a miraculous miracle that can happen right then. I've seen those. And a lot of times you got to have your heart open to that. Because it's your will. I mean, look, you go to South America where people don't have medicine like we have right here. And guess what? They're looking for a miracle. And we've been in, I was in situations where people were in dire straits. And we laid hands on them and they were healed instantly. Now you may be going, Well, why doesn't God do that here? Well, He would. But we have too much medicine, too much things. Now, I will tell you something. God also uses doctors. You know, I used to know people would be like, well, if you're sick, don't go to the doctor. No, go to the doctor! In fact, I want you to go to the doctor. I want you to find out what the doctor says about it. And then I want you to go to the Word. I want you to go to... I want you to go to Matthew 6, and I want you to seek first the kingdom. Because what I want you to understand is don't let him put you on a lot of stuff, but let, but let God show and reveal to you what you're supposed to do. And there's sometimes you go take the medicine, and sometimes you don't. You know, one of the greatest things you need to ask your doctor is if he wants to put you on a medicine is, what is this going to do to me? See, too often we don't ask that question. What we do is we ask, how much medicine can you give me? Because I'm sick and I want it gone. See, this is what I want you to understand. And, and I love that Roscoe's here this morning. I, I, because God is doing a miraculous miracle in his life. And you know what? I want, God wants Roscoe to know that he loves him. Amen. Amen. But see, I want this to be a sign to you. All you-ins out here, okay? All you people out here that you go to the doctor and everything else, I want you to also give place for God. I want you to believe God for stuff. I want you to have the faith of Roscoe over here. When he said, I don't know, and he said, can you help me? And I said, yeah, I'm going to stand with you. You need to stand with people who are willing to stand. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest with you. I need people to stand with me. I got people all throughout here that stand with me about everything. You can hear me. I sound kind of eh this morning. You know what? We've been standing every single time that the leaves change and fall off that mold or whatever it is. It gets and it ugh, it takes me weeks to get over it. You know what? I'm standing. I'm believing. And you say, well, Dusty, does it keep happening? Yes. But do you know what? I keep believing. I keep standing. Because I, I used to get sinus infections. Ask my mama. Ask Heather. I don't get those anymore. I may sound like this for a couple of days. But see, I want this to be a sign unto you. In fact, we're going to have some testimonials that I want to do at the first of the year. And I know there's people who want to do some testimonials. But I want those to not be just because, well, praise God, I got this. I want everybody to think about their life, and I want them to propagate that into each other. Revelations 12, 20 says that they overcame by the blood of the Lamb and what? The word or their testimony. You know why? It's because when somebody says, I'm going down pretty hard, and all of a sudden somebody else comes along and goes... Let me give you a testimony. I did the exact same thing and God pulled me through it. Then you go, well, then I guess there is an opportunity for me to have my healing, have my health, have my peace, have my joy. And that's what we're going to talk about this morning is we're going to talk about his joy, the joy of Jesus, right? Because a lot of times we are looking for joy, but we're looking in all the wrong places. Sometimes we don't even understand what joy means. Because I will tell you straight up, used to I think joy meant, woo! I'm happy! I'm joyful! Everybody just do that with me. Woo! <laughs> did you feel better? Maybe some of you did. Maybe you was like, no, that really took me in that. Oh, my side hurts now. You made me go, woo! But see, that's not what joy is. Joy is not an elation. Joy is not... Oh, I feel so good today. That's not the way joy works. And we have to understand joy. And we have to understand who brought joy. And it all comes to Christmas. In fact, we're going to talk a little bit about Christmas this morning. Since we are in the Christmas season. And I just sang the song that actually has part of this in there. I thought it might go together really well. So a Savior is born. In Luke 2, 8 it says, Now there were in the same country the shepherds living out in the field, keeping watch over the flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. And then the angel said unto them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings. This means good news. It's the same word as the gospel. You know, when we go preach the gospel, we go preach the good news. We're not gonna, supposed to go preach the bad news. I'm not going around telling people about hell. You know why? Because most people already know that they're living in hell. I don't have to go tell them about hell. They go, this sounds like hell right now. See, I go tell them the good news because you go tell somebody about something so they know something. You know, counterfeiters, they actually teach the people in the federal government to hold real money, not counterfeit money. But real money, you know why? Because they know it when they feel it. See, real money has a particular feeling. But counterfeit money has a different feeling. So they make them touch all kinds of bills all the time. And that's how they do it. You know, that's the exact same thing that we're supposed to do. We're supposed to know the good news so that when we see it, we follow the good, not the bad. Amen. Amen. So go tell people about the good news of Jesus Christ. Because if you've got the good news, if you're given the good news, people are going to, just like those counterfeiters, they're going to go, oh, that feels right. That feels good. See, that's what we should be doing when we're preaching the gospel. So this angel shows up and he says, we bring you good tidings, this good news of great joy, which will be to all people. Now, Maybe you all have heard me preach this before. So if you have, don't scream it out. Don't shout me down. But do you know that the first person or first peoples or the first entity to preach the gospel was an angel. wasn't a man. It was the angel of the Lord. Now, I'm going to tell you something. This is amazing. If you really get into this, man, you... This right here blew me away when I really did an in-depth study of this because let me tell you what happened. Jesus was being born, okay? And God goes out into the fields and finds these shepherds. God Himself comes down Himself. It says the glory of the Lord was shown all around them. It was nighttime. He turned it into day. Do you know that a company of angels, which we'll find out here in just a second, it was over 480 plus angels that was around about this place. You know, when my son and my daughter were born, the whole family gathered up and we went up there. There was balloons and bubblegum cigars and, you know, all these different things. We had food. I mean... I think they wanted to kick us out of St. Vincent's because we had so much stuff they couldn't handle us. Do you know that God was so proud that Jesus was being born that He showed up and He was like, Woo! My Son has come! See, this is the thing we don't understand about God a lot is that He's very emotional sometimes. And when He says His glory shines about Him, that means that He's excited about something. That something is coming out of this thing. God Himself came down to the earth and was like, Look guys, my boy is being born. Some good stuff is about to happen. See, this is what we miss when we don't really understand because God Himself was so proud to come and bring His Son for all of you. (coughs) And it says here in verse 11, it says, for there is born unto, unto you this day. He didn't say born unto me. Jesus was sent for you. See, that should be a shouting time. Because Jesus himself was sent for you. And it says, For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. Verse 12 says, And this will be a sign to you. How many people know Bill Ingvall? Here's your sign. Well, this should be a sign unto everybody that Jesus was born to save all. Some people will say, well, (coughs) there's some people that are predestined to be saved. And some people can't go, you know, it's all up to God. No, he said it was to all people. See, that's where the predestination people get all wrong is they don't read the Bible because in the Bible it says to all people. You want to get me angry? That's what we do is we talk about predestination. I'm oh, sorry. i want you to stop? Okay, okay. I've got to, she's telling me, move on, people. Move on. Okay. And it says, and this will be a sign to you, you will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger, And it says, verse 13, it says, And suddenly there was an angel, with the angel, a multitude. This multitude is the word for company. It's a military term. It means that like a company in the Roman terms was 480 plus people. It was two platoons that was put together. Now, you may have been in the military, and they may have a different one for company. But I would just thought it was interesting that this was a military term. See, the angels, the soldiers of heaven, came down and stood in formation. And they started singing. They actually started chanting. You ever seen military platoon, you know, that's out there and they start singing, you know, left, 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 right, left, and they all do it together and they sing a song. Well, this is a little bit like this. And this is what they chanted. They chanted, glory to God in the highest and peace and and on the earth, peace and goodwill towards men. Most people don't understand this, but there was a war going on between man and God before Jesus got here. Everybody on the planet warred against God. And you know what God did? He made a truce. When Jesus was the, He was the actual truce maker. See, whenever there is a covenant cut or there's a truce, somebody gives something for something else, right? Well, God sent His Son to be the propitiation, to be the payment, to be this truce maker. And so the angels came down and said, hey, we're no longer warring with man. We have God Himself has cut a covenant with this new Savior. See, this is what we need to understand: is that God had put an end to fighting with man. He no longer was toiling with man anymore. That's why the gospel was being preached. Because before this, people, especially the 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 you know, the people that were just of the streets, right? The people that were out in the fields, the people that didn't have anything. They had no way to get to the temple. They didn't have enough money. In order to have their sins forgiven them, they would have had to have paid all kinds of money. Well, these people that are out watching the flocks, these shepherds, well, these people didn't understand. They didn't understand how to have their sins forgiven them or anything because under the law the Pharisees and the Sadducees and all of the different people of the law had separated everyone else away from the highfalutin. See, God went to those that did not have favor. God went to those that didn't have the, the money didn't have the wherewithal, didn't understand. And he went and told them, he said, I'm bringing something to all people and I no longer am warring with people. So when people go, was God blessing and cursing people? Well, guess what? If you are with Jesus, you're blessed. If you are out in the world, then guess what? You're already cursed. Because the world itself is Cursed. excuse me when Adam actually fell the world just fell apart see what we have to understand is that God no longer is at war with us excuse me And and so now we get to see that what Jesus said about his joy and about how he propagated his joy out to the people In fact, in John chapter 15, it says, As the Father loved me, I also love you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments, and I abide in His love. Jesus was making a declarative statement that He loved you, and that He was bringing about love to all those that would be lovely with Him that his commandments meant that he was going to allow us to propagate this love to others. In fact, it says in John 15:11 it says in these things I've spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. I want you to understand something. Jesus didn't say, "I want you to have joy. Go find joy, go try to figure it out." He said, "No, I want my joy To fulfill you. My joy, not your joy. So his joy actually brought about your joy. In fact, it says right here, and it says, This is my commandment, that if you love one another as I've loved you, greater love has no one than this, than they lay down one's life for a friend. See, I want you to understand that this word joy is Kara. And it's actually a derivative that we get the word charis from. It's like grace. It's almost like a gift. But what we have to understand is that God himself is giving us joy. Now, this word joy means cheerfulness. It means a calm delight or gladness. You know that joy itself is just normal. How many people just like being just normal? You know, I've I've had a lot of times in my life where I'm either happy, somebody gave me something, I went and did something I thought was fun, ooh, that was great. Or I was upset because somebody took something from me or I didn't get what I wanted. But you know, there's a a calmness. There's a, there's a, a normalness that we have with His joy. That means that when we get His joy... That means that everything stays normal. And you may be going, well, Dusty, nothing stays normal. I look around me and everything is horrible. Well, guess what? It doesn't mean that you have to be horrible. doesn't mean that you have to be upset. It means that if you have His joy, all hell can be breaking out around you. And you can still be in the calmness of God. Amen? In fact, this whole joy, you know, everybody thinks, well, joy, I'm going to walking three foot off the, you know, off the ground all the whole time. Or I'm Steve Urkel, man, old Steve, he had one way of being able to walk. I'm going to tell you what, but in Galatians 5:22 it says, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control against their, there is no law. So I want you to see something here that Jesus came and he said I came and I loved you. In fact, John 3:16 everybody knows John 3:16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but shall have everlasting life. That means that love was given and because love was given, the fruit of the spirit Walking by the Spirit means that I already have joy on the inside of me through the Spirit. Now you may say to yourself, I don't understand that, Dusty. I, all I got is my conscious mind. My mind, my will, and my emotions. That's all that rule me. Well, you know what? If that's all that rule you, then you won't have those times where the Holy Spirit says, stop. Or the Holy Spirit says, go. Or the Holy Spirit says, call someone. Call someone. Go by and see someone. See, some people call it the conscience. But it's really the Holy Spirit. And see, the Holy Spirit himself is out there propagating what Jesus taught, which was, I love you. And out of I love you is a calmness of mind, a calmness of my spirit, a calmness of my, of my cognitive thoughts, that the things that are happening around me, that they no longer control me? See, this spiritual walk has little to do with your physical being. Because if it has to do with your physical being, then you can be sick and you go, well, I just don't feel good, so I'm just going to act bad. Excuse me. How many people have seen people that were like, well, they just woke up on the wrong side of the bed today? You know, I've woke up on the wrong side of the bed many a day, and I still walked out my day as a normal person. You know why? Because the more I said, Holy Spirit, show me, put me in a place of remembrance that you were good. That I can do all things through Christ Jesus that strengthens me. That you supply all of my needs according to your riches and glory. That I have a peace that passes all understanding that's in my heart, my belief system into my mind. So what I believe, my core beliefs start coming out of me more than what I want to do. I just, well, I want to have a pity party today. Can we just have a pity party? Can we just stop for a minute and just acknowledge that my day is awful? Well, guess what? You can do that, but you wouldn't be walking in the Spirit. You'd be walking in the flesh. See, walking in the Spirit is I wake up and I'm like, I don't want to go to work today, Lord. I don't want to do anything, Lord. Just let me just sit here. And the Lord goes, "Mm." You know that there's peace and there's joy in the Lord. Yes, I don't want to hear that. And then he goes, well, you know, I I can stop talking. No, don't stop talking, Lord. You know, this happens to me on a constant basis is that when I walk in the spirit, that means that I'm not giving myself over to the flesh. It means I get to decide who I listen to. Do I listen to what my five senses, what I hear, see, taste, smell and feel? Or do I listen to the Holy Spirit? And he's talking to us all the time, by the way. The Holy Spirit's talking. Every time you've said something bad to someone, and all of a sudden it was like, you shouldn't have done that. You need to go apologize to them. Well, guess what? That was the Holy Spirit. See, this is one of the things that if we don't understand that our joy comes from Him, it comes from the Holy Spirit that's on the inside of me, then what we do is we try to find our gentle calmness. We try to find our normalness, and you don't. You either, you know, the dopamine hit that you get from, you know, doing whatever that you wanted to do. You know, that's one of the reasons why drugs and pornography and, I mean, you know, alcoholism and all these things are so prevalent is because your mind, the moment you say, this is something I want, and you do it, it go you're you actually get a fleshly release of dopamine. It means you're walking in the flesh. Now, I didn't know what dopamine was back when the Bible was being written. But see, what I want you to understand is that in every single instance that we do something, that we are catering to our flesh and not allowing the Holy Spirit's love and His joy and His peace, to just permeate us, then what we do is we go back into a cycle. It's over and over and over again. And see, what we don't get is we don't get the ability to walk in just normalness. It's amazing. It's amazing when you actually can go every single day, I I decide I'm going to be normal today. I decide I'm just going to have a, Calm and gentle spirit because that's who He is on the inside of me. Amen. Man, I've got a bunch of people going, uh, what are you saying, Dusty? I don't know if I can handle this this morning. You can handle it. Because if you were saved, you got the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. And you need to understand that He is there. He's trying His best to get out of you. Amen. That was very... Anticlimactic. I was expecting more, but that's okay. All right, the Holy Spirit is the only way to experience joy and peace continually. And I'm going to show you some of these. Romans 14, 17, it says, For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but it's righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. So, righteousness, let's talk about that for just a second. Righteousness just means I'm in right standing with God. So if you've been saved, you are in right standing. That means that you get to say, I am part of God. How many people has been in right standing with your, your water company, your, the power company? That means that you get to use water for the, next, for the next month, right? Well, you know, if I'm in right standing with somebody, then that means that I get to use something. That means I get to be a part of it. If I'm not in right standing, then that means that I am separated from it. And see, that's the problem, is that Adam was not in right standing. And then from that point on, after he ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and he got to decide what was good and evil, he separated himself from God. We see it. He went and hid himself when God came. It's because his spirit no longer was attached to God's spirit. In fact, God knew it. And he came and said, where are y'all at? What are y'all doing? You see, this is what I want you to understand is that righteousness and being in right standing with God comes along with your salvation. Jesus paid for you to be in right standing with God. And the peace and the joy in the Holy Ghost... That's, that's a part of walking in the fruits of the Spirit. It means out of everything that the Holy Spirit himself has for our life, it just comes out of us. And it says right here in Romans fifteen thirteen it says, And now, abide, now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit Now, I myself am confident concerning you, my brethren, that you are all or that you also are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, able to admonish one another. This word admonish just means to caution, means that we get to go and, and talk with people and help them out. This is a part of loving our brothers and sisters. One of the things I want you to understand is we leak joy and peace when we don't renew our knowledge you know one of the things about leaking is the fact that have you ever you ever had something that leaked and you were like man i just every time i fill it back up it just keeps going down i remember when i was a when i was a kid there was or when we were first married i had this gas can and i threw it in the corner and it got a hole in it and so it was full so i went out there to go cut grass and you know what i did I went to go put the gas in there and there was no more gas. And I thought, what the heck is going on? Somebody take my gas? So I go and I take my happy self all the way down to the gas station and I fill it back up. And about the time I get back to the house, it's already gone. I leaked. I no longer had gas. So then I had to turn around and go, what is this? It's all in the back of my truck. Thank God it was in the back of my truck. (coughs) But... But this is, yeah, if I'd put it in my car, good. <laughs> Goodness. But see, what I want you to understand is, is that we are a little bit like that gas can. When we don't stay in, our, in the word, when we don't continuously keep ourselves on God's things, when we don't continuously start moving out the world's things, then what we do is we keep forgetting We become very forgetful. We leak. And see, when we leak, one of the problems that we have is that we revert back to what the world says. And the world will say, it's awful. It's never going to be good. No one loves me. I never can get ahead because every time I get my head above water, somebody comes and they knock me back down. Well, you know, that's the way the world sees their life. I see all these kids. We, we've done youth and everything. And every one of the kids come to me, you know, back when we were doing youth ministry. And they would come up and they would go, <coughs> excuse me, they would come back and they would go, Dusty, I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to be an influencer. I'm going to be a, you know, I'm going to be, you know, be an engineer. Or I'm going to fly airplanes or I'm going to do whatever. Well, you know, 99% of these kids that I saw and talked to, aren't doing any of that. In fact, when you go talk to them, which I've talked to several, they said, well, you know, every time I hit a no, I just said, well, maybe that's not the right thing. So I, I lowered my standard and then I got told no somewhere else. And then by the time they're at the end of it, they went and got the first job they could get. Now, you may be saying, well, there's nothing wrong with you know, taking a job. Well, there's nothing. Nothing's wrong with it. But if you know in the heart of your hearts that you're supposed to be doing something, especially if God's put something in your heart, and you get a no, then you just keep going until you get a yes. See, that's called faith in action. You go, well, Dusty, do, do you, are you saying that you just don't give up and you'll win? Yes, that's what I'm saying. You don't give up and you'll win. Do you know that for me to become a computer engineer, I didn't go the way Caleb is. Caleb is smarter than me by like tenfold. I'm just going to go ahead and tell y'all. The kid is going to go and he's going to do great things. But he's going to do it the way that the world likes to see it, right? Dusty, on the other hand, had ADD and dyslexia. And I barely could read, okay? So when I was going through trying to get my education and everything else, I had to go down a different path. And my path looks like a zigzag, like you would. I mean, if I laid it all out for you, you'd be going, how in the world did you get where you're at? And the answer is, is that every time I heard no, the Lord said, yes, keep going. Every time that I heard no, I just said, Lord, show me, where do I go next? And God would open up a door and I'd go, I don't want to go through that door. And the Lord would go, this is going to be the best thing for you. Well, I got to take a pay cut. Well, you got to take a pay cut in order to get this type of education. And then you can go to the next thing. You know what? When you start living like that, your life starts looking like, like, you know, an echocardiogram. And you're like, what in the world's happening? Well, everybody wants a a line that goes straight from A to Z. The problem is, is that life does not give you A to Z results. And see, this is one of the things that we need to understand is that God himself is giving you opportunities. But we have to be the ones that say, yes, I'm going to continue. When I hear a no, I just keep going. When I hear a no, I just keep going. When I hear a no, I just keep going. You know what? Eventually, the right door opens up and you hear a yes. And then you go through that door and then you go keep going through your doors until all of a sudden you're beyond where you thought you wanted to be. I remember telling, I remember Charlie, man, he was very kind to me. Because when we when I'd ask him for Heather's hand in marriage, and Charlie kind of was asking me questions like, well, you know, um, how are you going to pay for things? Because I don't really see how you're going to pay for things. And that's very concerning to me that you can't pay for things. And I was like, well, you know, if Charlie, if I could only make 30000 a year, and I think if I could do this and I could do that, I can do that. And Charlie goes, that ain't enough money. But he said, okay, okay, kid, keep going. Do you know that God took me beyond what I could see and He kept pushing me beyond where I was at? Do you know that God wants to take you for what you can see and have you accomplish that and then go beyond that and go beyond that? You know, I had this really stupid thing that I did too where I was like, well, I'm going to be a millionaire by the time I'm 25. Heck, I was barely a thousandaire. <laughs> I mean... What am I wanting to do? How would I handle a million dollars if I can't even get 10,000, right? See, this is the problem that we have in our society is the fact that we tell people, dream big. Well, no, no, have a dream. Know where you want to go next. And God will open up doors of opportunity that you can't shut them. You know, there was times where I said, no, Lord, especially when it was Bible college. I went a whole year of saying no, no, nah, no. Okay, yes, I'm going to, but no, no, I'm not going to. And then one night, the Lord, I was over in Atlanta, and I was about to give a presentation to the Department of Energy, and they were sit- I was sitting there, and I heard the Holy Spirit say, are you going to do what I asked you to do? Talking about Bible college. And he told me to turn over to Psalms 37.4, and I turned over to Psalms 37.4, and it says, delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. And I was like, what does that mean? And the Lord started revealing it to me over time that when I am pliable, that word delight means to be pliable, when I am pliable to His will, then He will give me a desire. It won't be the, I'm going to be a millionaire by the time I'm 25. It's going to be, what do I do next? What do I do next? And see, this is what the Lord kept telling me over and over and over again is just keep walking. You don't have to figure it all out now. Y'all don't have to figure it all out now. The Lord wants to give you calmness and completeness and peace, joy, righteousness. You don't have to figure it all out now. Just keep moving. And it says right here, it says in Romans 12, 1 and 2, it says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, I know I don't have it up here. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you make your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And don't be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that whatsoever things are good and honest, that those things will come out. And then later on it talks about every man has been given... The measure of faith. You have in you, through Jesus Christ, the ability to get past your leakage. All you got to do is keep just conforming, being transformed. You know, I used this one before, and Reba told me this was a good one, so I'm going to reuse it. But this water right here, right? Is it being transformed or conformed to this bottle? It's conformed to the bottle. But what if I put it in the freezer? Would it be transformed into something else? It'd be transformed into a solid, right? If I boiled it and I turned it into steam, it would be transformed into a gas. See, this is what we're having to be every single time we renew our mind is God is using His Word in either to make us conformed too transformed see he will take us out of the world and he will make us a solid rock for us to be able to stand on and also the people that are around us amen i mean i think that's good doesn't matter if you think it's good i think it's pretty good all right this is the keys this is the last thing right here this right here i'm gonna tell you what and and you're gonna you're gonna think Dusty, you know, I I don't I don't know where I stand with with baptism of the Holy Spirit being filled with the Holy Ghost, all this stuff. But I want you to understand that this is a key to you being able to be in constant calmness and delight. First Thessalonians one five through six, it says, "For our gospel did not come to you in word only." but also in power in the Holy Spirit in much assurance. And you know what kind of men we were among you for your sake. And you became followers of us and the Lord, having received the word in much affliction with joy of the Holy Spirit. See, in order for you to have the Spirit of God, and see, this is what I want you to understand. There's a lot of different ways people believe the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I came from a background where it was like it was the infilling. I had hands laid on me. I started speaking in other tongues. I still do this day, because in um, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, it says that it's the way that we build ourselves up. It, we build our innermost faith up. It's the way for us to get above our understanding. Because when I don't know what to pray, the Holy Spirit knows what to pray. So I pray in tongues. Now, I'm going to tell you, there's also the prophecy thing. So somebody can speak in tongues and then we can have a prophecy. That doesn't happen as much in the United States. And the reason why it doesn't happen is because most people don't want that. Okay, I'm not not going to bash that one way or the other. But I'm just telling you that when I see stuff like that happen, it's usually really good. It's happened to me and Heather multiple times where people actually got a word from the Lord. And it was spoken directly to us. And guess what? It has been it has given us the ability to say what was in our heart is something that the Lord is using. in fact that's what prophecy is nowadays is prophecy is nothing more than something that is actually manifesting on the inside of you and somebody is told by the Holy Spirit the same exact thing to help acknowledge what is going on inside of you it's not. I'm going to give you a prophecy, Sonya, and you're going to, you know, by the end of the day, you're going to give me a million dollars. That's how I'm going to get it by the time I'm 55, you know. (laughs) But see, that's not the way prophecy is. And when people use that nowadays, because the Old Testament, people didn't have the Holy Spirit, by the way. I don't know if everybody's on board with that, but until Jesus came and now he gave us the Holy Spirit, like it said in John chapter 20, then we don't have, we didn't have the Holy Spirit. Now we do. So the Holy Spirit lets us in on it first. So when people come along and they prophesy to you and it's not something that's in your heart, you go, thank you very much. And you take it and you go... It happens all the time. I have people that's done it to me all the time. Well, I'm going to tell you what the Lord's going to do in your life. And I go, oh God, here we go. All right, go ahead. I still remember the guy michael england maybe he'll come one day i would love for y'all to meet him he is everywhere all the time but we went to this prophecy service (laughs) and everybody's having hands laid on them and they're being prophesied over and it was pretty much what you would think and all of a sudden he gets his hands laid on him and this guy says you're the woolly bull of the woods you just go around and you scrape trees and you knock things over and i was like well that's pretty close to what he does in real life i was like but that's not much of a prophecy you know but but we 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 went through those things and we we lived I, i'm gonna tell you if you got a bad prophecy you'll live see too too often we're like i just want to cancel everybody if they said something i didn't like i just want to cancel them well, then you're just not going to get anything when something good comes along. I'm just going to tell you. Because when something really good comes along and you're like, something's in my heart, and Lord, I just need a confirmation. And all of a sudden, somebody comes up to you and they give you the confirmation. It's going to be good. In fact, it says right here, it says that the joy of the Holy Spirit, you know that, In our joy through the Holy Spirit, when we walk in the Spirit and we live in the Spirit and we have what the Spirit wants for us, then we are going to live by Him and we're going to negate the things that are of the world. Now, you can add that stuff back in and it's going to get you no further than what you had when you had all the world because you can't have both sides of it. You can't have both sides because it'll be a roadblock to you. You can't get around it, so you have to say, "I want the Holy Spirit in my life to come out of me." Oh, that's what I was gonna say. You know, some people I, I had hands laid on me, but you know that the Holy Spirit can come and live and dwell in you, and you can, and, and you don't have to have hands laid on you. I think it's easier that way, but. Do you know that you can have that happen and that the Holy Spirit himself will manifest himself in you? See, I want everybody to have all of God. Not just a little bit of God. And see, I would really like if you guys wanted to have like a more understanding If some of you were like, I, I want to know more about this Holy Spirit. I'd love to maybe put together a class or something to where we could go through it and I could teach you about it. Because I think it's, it's important for us to have an intimate setting. We had a class a couple of months ago back here and we were going through John Brevere's book about the Holy Spirit. And we had, what, five, six people that got filled with the Holy Spirit. And these ladies had been, I mean, they were the ones that put the class together. I just showed up, right? So it was it was amazing because now they have the ability to listen to God in a way that they didn't have before. And see, this is one of the things that I think is important for us is that we need joy in the Holy Spirit. We don't need joy in the world because the world's not going to bring joy. It's going to bring damnation. It's going to bring uh, anger and strife and resentment. That's what the world brings. But Jesus himself sent the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, to be with us every head bowed and every eye closed. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if the the Lord is talking to you today about listening to the Holy Spirit more and to following His path, I just want you to raise your hand. See, God Himself has a, has a purpose and a plan for your life. And the only way that you hear that purpose and the plan is not through Dusty, not through people in the congregation, but the plan for your life is going to come by the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is going to show you and teach you things that you could not get from other people. See, the Holy Spirit is your friend and He is your comforter in all situations. Father, I just thank you, dear Lord, for each and every person that was at the sound of my voice. I, I pray, dear Lord, that Holy Spirit, reveal yourself more and more. Your love, your joy, your peace, your long-suffering, your goodness, your gentleness, your meekness, your faith, your temperance, Father. I, I, want, you to, I want you to just to show up and show out in everybody's life even more. Show up and show out in my life even more so that I can walk in the things even stronger that you can show me how to get out of situations that I'm in, Father, and that I can push through the areas where I have been bound. And Father, I pray over each and every person, I thank you that you are giving them an understanding about where they're at and Holy Spirit, show up and show out in their life. Father, I just thank you that you are bringing people across their path, you're bringing them into a place of just gentleness and calmness that they have a very normal and productive life I pray over this food in this time of fellowship that we're about to have I pray dear Heavenly Father that it is blessed it is sanctified in Jesus name, Amen if you need prayer for anything I'll be down here at the front, we can pray and get an agreement you guys are dismissed, have a great lunch